0: Hi, welcome to Donkey Tales with your host, Darren Morton. Donkey Tales, T-E-L-L-S, providing information and inspiration. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Darren Morton.
1: Welcome to the Donkey Tales podcast. Remember, Donkey Tales is here to allow individuals to leave a legacy for their kids, grandkids, to share their life story, but also it's designed for... What they share will help us even today. Today, I have an incredible interview with Cindy Young. Cindy is known in her community to be a loving wife, a nurturing mother, raising great children. Cindy went through a tragedy recently, and she was brave enough to come and share with us here on Donkey Tales. I think you'll enjoy. I know I was touched and saddened and uplifted kind of all at the same time. Cindy's purpose, her passion, and her faith are incredible. So I hope you enjoy. I know I certainly did. Cindy, I welcome you to the Donkey Tales podcast. Thank you. We decided just to come together to the table and 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 talk. So Cindy, talk to me about the situation you went through. Kind of what come about? How did you handle it? Um, what was the process?
0: So... April 12th is when our lives begin to change. April 12th. Uh, My husband had been sick. Daryl, he had gone to work. He had not been feeling well. He had gone to the emergency room. They give him medication. He come home, still not feeling well, but he still goes to work. He had vacation time, had sick time. But still, he decided to work, like most men today.
1: Not surprising, especially for your husband.
0: Right, he's just a hard worker. So, April twelfth, we go to the mercy room around three a.m. We had to beg him to go. First of all, he didn't want to go, but so he went. And he told um, he told D'Angelo, "Hey, I'm the, I'm about to go to the mercy room. We'll be back." In a few hours. We end up in the emergency room. We go in. Um, they give us a room in there and say, hey, he may have a touch of pneumonia in his left lung. A touch of pneumonia led to double pneumonia in both lungs. So at this time, things are just rolling like you're in a movie. You're like, really? Come on. Or, How do we get from bronchitis to a touch of pneumonia to double pneumonia? So then he gets a room. Three minutes we're in the room, he's in intensive care. So I'm getting a feeling this is a little different than, you know, just coming in, getting medication, and going home. It's not gonna be that way. So he's in intensive care. Everyone's coming in to see him, and, you know, he's talking the whole time. He's talking. Just like we're here today, talking the whole time. He's not in any pain, so then um, they tell me they got to get let the medication work. Daryl, he was kept messing with his oxygen. He said he wanted the oxygen mask off because he couldn't breathe, but he's talking the whole time. So they said, Miss Young, we need you to decide if you want him to go on um, the machine and let the machine breathe for him while the medication works. And I told the doctors and nurses, no, I don't want to make that decision. Daryl is right here. He's alert and he's talking. Ask him. Let's see what he want to do. So I asked him. I said, Daryl, do you want to go on the machine so that the medication can work? He says, well, can I get this mask off? I said, yes. The mask can come off if you go on the machine, let the machine breathe for you. He says, okay, let's do it. And right before then, the kids had come to the window. They wanted to see him. But he said, no, I don't want them to come in. I'll see y'all tomorrow. And, you know, they said, well, okay, we just want to say, hey. He said, hey, yeah, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Go on out. He didn't want them to see him with the uh, tubes or whatever. So he said, I'll see y'all tomorrow. I said, Darrell, when you come out, we're going to go watch some movies because we used to love to watch movies, and that's just what we did. He said, okay. They put him on a machine. What we thought was just going to be, okay, he'll come out, they'll bring him out because they induced the coma. But they put him on the machine, and then he went into cardiac arrest. So all of a sudden, it was like, you're driving and here you got this hole in the road and you just like crash. You know, that's what it felt like. It's like you're driving and then there's a sinkhole. You can't go around it. You just, you're just you just there. And they say, hey, he's passed. Just like that. So then that was April 13th, around 4 or 5 a.m., April 13th. So that whole day, the 12th leading into the 13th, was had to be the longest day of my life. It was just so unbelievable because like I said, we went thinking you will get some medication and go home. But you know, God had another plan. And he came and he took their home.
1: Cindy, when that happens, how do you how do you go forward in that moment? Not not in the months ahead, but just in that
0: moment. In that moment, it was just pure disbelief, disbelief that someone you just talking to could just be gone like that. Disbelief that your life, as you knew it, is no longer. In that quick moment, everything changed, everything. And for me, I had to make the decision whether or not I wanted to be there or not, we couldn't just leave him there. In that moment, I had to make a decision. Now what? What do you want to do? Because the hospitals is it's the hospital. They care and they they're there for you, but still yet, you've got to handle the business. So you know, when he passed, the first thing I did was I ran out of the hospital, to be honest. I ran out of the hospital, and I could hear him saying, Cindy, where are you going? I understand. <laughs> where are you going? I'm like, this, this can't be real. I'm, let's replay this. Let's rewind this day. Let's start over. But that just wasn't the case. So, you know, we had to say our goodbyes. And that was had to be the most unbelievable moment because she's like, really? Was I just talking to you? We're just going home to watch our movie, and now you're gone? Really?
1: Does it make it harder because you and your husband loved one another? Does it make it actually harder?
0: I, I think it does because you see it from really two directions and and with both of us being firm believers in God first I saw it from the flesh okay I don't want my husband gone I want him here I don't want him gone to heaven or gone or whatever I want him here. I want him here. I want you to give him some medication. I want you to bring him up out of that coma. I want you to bring him back from that heart attack. I want him here right now from the flesh. But when you look at it from the spiritual eye, he's in no more. He's not suffering. He's not in pain. And God saw what we couldn't see he saw that he had um a heart condition we didn't see that so my intent is to um basically share a little of my story as far as um how we're, how I'm coping with being a widow and you know how basically I never could have imagined that I'd be forty-seven, <laughs> you know, in a widow. Cause right. who would? You know, you have plans that you make with your spouse, and you know, one of you got to go first, but you don't know when. You just don't expect it to happen like it did. It was so sudden. I
1: understand.
0: And um, you know, trying to find my my way through without him because. I still have a life. You know, and what does that life consist of without my partner? Right. Where,
1: does, where does that
0: start? Where, right. Where, where so, does it start? First, you know, it starts with you acknowledging that he's gone from here. You know, coming to grips with the fact that, you know, the, the plans that you had together are no more. You know, just kind of like a realization of oh, here I am. Now what? You know, what's my next? You know, even if you have children, you know, they, they still have their lives to live and they still have, you know, their journeys, you know, to travel with school and, and their families and their children, you know, but then here you are. Trying to understand, okay, what God? What does God have for me next? For example, you know, we had we have been planning. We were so excited because you know D'Angelo is about to graduate, and Anaya's right after him. And we're like, oh, we're gonna travel. We're gonna go to games. Uh, we're gonna take vacations and just really enjoy each other and, and, and enjoy life. And then all of a sudden, that changes. And that's why it's very important. I'm just so glad that even though we were married and together 24 years, I still had something of Cindy left. You know, um, there were some things that I enjoyed doing. That may not have included things that he enjoyed doing. I could just do alone, and I remember, you know, he would contend to tell me, "Hey, you can go. You can go do that by yourself," or, you know, "I can go, but you can go. You can go ahead and do it," you know. And I, I can, but I don't really want to go, you know, without you. So it's just basically coming to the realization that. There's a Cindy without the Daryl. I mean, I was a good wife. So now I've got to, what does Cindy look like standing on her own? And, you know, that could be a little scary and that can be exciting all at the same time because you just don't know, you know?
1: So when you wake up each morning, do you have to remind yourself of that or does it just, does it just happen?
0: It, it doesn't just happen. I, I have to remind myself. I have to remind myself that, hey, you can get up, you can go out here, and you can have a good day knowing that when you come home, Things are different. Even when I wake up, it's different. You know, um, waking up and he's not there cooking breakfast or getting my coffee or, you know, hey, everybody get up, get up, get up. It's just different. The present, his presence is missed. And um, knowing that I was here, I'm left here for a reason. And, you know, his time was up. Now, God have me here for a reason. And I just have to understand what my purpose is now. What is my purpose outside of uh, raising the kids, being a wife? What is Cindy's purpose? You know, what are the things I love to do, I want to do that could Also, uh, inspire other people because that's what I love to do. You know, I feel like um, I had someone tell me the other day, you know, seeing what you're going through and how you're going through it, it makes me want to be a better wife. It makes me want to um, love myself more. Because you don't know when you're gonna be the only one in the room with yourself. So you gotta like yourself. Understand that. You know, so I just I I spent a lot of time talking to God. And um I know he says he won't put more on you than you can bear. And so I'm saying, okay, God, you think I can bear this? Good gracious, I gotta be pretty strong. (laughs) Okay. You think I can bear this? And he says, yeah, I think you can bear it, you
1: know? Talk to me about talking to God. Do you do that at a stoplight? Do you do it on your knees? Do you do it at lunch? Do you do it while you're sitting at your desk?
0: I do it all day. All day. And what does that sound like? Is it's, if you, With the close relationship that I have, and, you know, some people may think it's crazy, but it's, literally a conversation and i can feel his presence and i can feel him speaking and answering me you know for example i i was so angry i was so angry when you know, i'm just faced with that uh storm that i wasn't expecting i didn't get a warning you know how you get the A warning, here comes my hurricane, you can prepare. I didn't get that warning, you know? So I was so angry when that happened. I remember that um, I actually thought that he was coming home because here we are, he's talking the whole time, he and I together in in the intensive care. And I'm thinking, okay, he'll get some medication. And he'll come home. And he had his eyes closed. And I said, hey, open your eyes. You know, open your eyes. He's like, I'm tired. I'm getting some rest. You get your rest, but open your eyes. So uh, (laughs) he's like, just let me get some rest. But at the same time, I can feel that this is different. I felt that this was different than just a little medication. You know, and I was angry even while, you know, we were there when we were at the emergency room. I felt that it was different. You know, the Holy Spirit told, you know, had the feeling, Cindy, this is different. You know, this is not just a little medication. And, you know, I didn't want to see it. So I talked to God and I say, hey. Now you said <laughs> you said that you was gonna bear my burdens for me. I don't feel you right now. <laughs> I can't feel it so then i go I keep walking through the day and I feel lightened it, it could either be from um a word someone could say in passing or it could be a memory that comes up in my mind or something that you know, we did together or something that I did that I didn't think I could do. Those memories are coming in my mind and my heart. I feel a little less heavy. So I feel him answering me without me even realizing it. Most of the time it's like, Hey, I already answered that for you. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. You just got to recognize it when I do. Right. And you know, um, Each day, it gets a little less heavy, meaning when he first passed, I think I cried, like, all the time. Which is fair. Yeah. And it wasn't crying because of—I didn't know where he was. It was the separation that I didn't like. You know, I didn't like that separation. And then again, you know, the Holy Spirit led me to when— Jesus was on the cross and he felt that same separation from his father that we're feeling now from, you know, my husband, this, this separation. So I feel that if he felt that he know what I'm going through. And, um, so since he know what I'm going through, he's going to help me.
1: I think it's a, I think it's a lifetime issue you're going with. But where does, it, where does it turn the corner? Where does it say, I can do this? Is it after a day, after a month? Are we not there yet? When, when does the realization sink in that says, I, I can do this, I just can't?
0: Well, for me, that realization sank in when I saw him in the casket at the funeral. When I saw that he was not coming back and I look and I see, you know, my children there and I look around and I say to myself, Cindy, you don't have a choice. And I can hear my husband saying, you can do this. You, you can do it. I'm with you. You can do it. You here for a reason. My time was up, but you still have more to do. You know, he did what he was supposed to do. Now I've got to do what I'm supposed to do. And it wasn't the time to get into bed and and pull over the covers over your head and sleep. Which would be easy. To yeah, do. which would be very easy oh, to my do. Goodness. You know, but I couldn't do that. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, you know, get up and show, you know, my children that life happens. (laughs) Like it happens and there's adversity in life. If you're living and you haven't experienced anything, just keep on living. You know, um, it's life and we don't get to plan it. We all have our own journeys we got to go through. And right now this is ours, and we all experience it a different way. How I'm experiencing the loss of a spouse, they're experiencing the loss of a father, and that's totally different and a good one. yeah,
1: yeah. so I think probably if I know you the way I think I know you, you probably want to help others that's going through the same thing. Is yes, it too absolutely early for that. Are you ready for that? If someone called upon you, can you can you bear that?
0: For me, I think I can bear it because for me, it's therapy for me as well. Great point. so and it doesn't just have to be uh the loss of of a spouse. The thing that I've seen, even when I'm posting and I'm just typing off the top of my head. You know, and people come back and say, hey, you really helped me with that, what you said. Because depression is real. agree. And a lot of times, the only thing people need is to hear somebody say, hey, you can do it. I believe in you. And they don't hear that. Or, you know, you can get through the loss of that job. Because tomorrow's going to come you know and it's just another out uh, it's another way to look at life for a lot of people you know don't see purpose in it and i think that's what leads to drugs alcohol uh you know crime because when something happens you don't know what to do you know uh, you can experience a death and then you want to turn to alcohol or you want to turn to drugs, but not realizing it's still that you have to address those things and you can come through it. If you, you just got to have faith and you just got to keep walking. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. They say, I don't know how you're standing right now. I, I know how I'm standing because God is carrying me and he will carry you. And I realized that there's something here for me to do.
1: I think you trust that and believe that. I, think, I do. I think you trust and believe that you're being carried.
0: Oh, absolutely. Ab- absolutely.
1: <laughs> talk to me about your husband prior to his death. And what I've heard you say, and a, and a few times I've heard you speak, including the day of the funeral, which was incredible, talk to me about things that maybe he said or did or how he lived life that prepared your whole family for today?
0: Wow. That's a good question. Um, Daryl, he was, he was a good father. He was a good man and he never lived with regrets. Never. He never lived with regrets for he was, um, Born in a big family He was a baby boy And You know They There were a lot of kids But he ate every day You know He ate every day And He was a hard worker And Every Sunday morning And sometimes during the week We would all gather For Sunday breakfast And we would study the word While we're eating he would get the Bible and he would have them um, recite something that they should know already because he already said, Hey, learn it.
1: <laughs> Getting fed in a couple of different ways.
0: Right, right. And so they would have to know it and not just read it, they would have to know what it meant. And I remember maybe um, a month or a few weeks before he passed, we were all in the kitchen eating breakfast, sitting down, and this particular Sunday, we were discussing trusting God. And he uh, looked at my son. He said, um, we call him Tanner. He said, Tan, do you know what that means to trust God? He said, yeah, I, I know what that means. Yeah, trust God. I, I trust God. He said, but do you trust him with everything? Do you trust him when... You, when you don't want to, you have problems. She said, yeah, I have problems at school. You know, I have things I go through. He said, no, I'm not talking about school. I'm talking about something is going to come up in your life that you're going to think you can't get through. But I want you to know that when that time comes, trust God.
1: What a great example.
0: He said, it's not going to be something like school stuff. It's going to be, something come up and you're gonna swear you're not gonna get through it but I want you to trust God
1: talk to it, me about your kids you have amazing kids um I know D'Angelo or Tanner fairly well but talk to me about your kids
0: um they they are amazing because you know how they are handling it it's just Uncomprehensible to me I agree You know And not just with His death But even leading up To his death They just love people You know I I can't They they don't judge people They're open To people You know And For them being uh, The young Kids that they are They try to Introduce people To God If they don't know him and I, I think that um, they nobody's perfect, but the first thing they were able to read was the Bible. When they learned how to talk, they knew how to pray. And when they learned how to pray, they started reading. Because I feel that, When they learn early in life, when the things happen to them later in life, they'll have something to fall back on. You know, because what my husband and I used to tell them, we, you know, we can't be with you all the time. So you have to develop your own relationship with the Lord because that's what's going to help you when we're not there.
1: So, Cindy, I know you have Daryl Jr., Talk to me about how he's helped you to walk through this path and what what he means in, in your guy's life.
0: Daryl Jr., we call him D. He and his father, you know, they were very close. And since his father's passing, he's really stepped up and been an awesome uh, big brother to Tanner and Anaya. And he's just been awesome with you know stepping in he helped me with the yard and just basically anything he can do to support you know and he struggled you know with his dad's passing but just like with D'Angelo and Anaya Daryl basically prepared them you know for this journey for you they realized they had a good dad and he was a hard worker so that's in their blood they're not going to just lay down and just take it you know Daryl had a good father. His father was a hard worker. And in turn, he placed that in his kids. So when it gets rough, we don't just lay down. We, you know, we keep going. He loves him and he knew his dad loved him. They had a special relationship. And, you know, it was just, it was tough. But at the same time, I believe they were prepared.
1: When I talk to you about your kids, uh, a memory that comes to me is the day of the funeral. It's so incredible. I know your daughter plays basketball, your son plays football, and at the funeral, there are a hundred football players and basketball players. That was players. awesome. There's probably, I, I know every coach on the football team was represented. Yeah, I'm almost certain every coach on the basketball team was represented. Doesn't that speak about your children?
0: It does. It speaks volumes.
1: Does that speak about the job that you and Daryl have done through their life?
0: I think so. I, I would agree. I would agree because a lot of those people had never met him, but they knew his children.
1: right I agree. So talk to me if if you know of a parent, a parent has a newborn parent has young children, what's the focus? what do you, what's the focus to raise children like your children if if I had, If I had, I've got three daughters. I love every one. If I had a son, I'd want him to be like D'Angelo. What what do parents have to do to, to raise kids like that?
0: To raise kids like that, number one, you yourself have to have a relationship with the Lord. Because you can live in the world, but you don't have to be of the world. And when children are small, a lot of people, you know, when they see their kids um, acting up or being disruptive, they think it's cute when they're little. But they don't realize that that cute is going to grow up. And then when they're growing up and you didn't correct them when they were little, they think it's good. You know, so I would advise any parent, teach your child when they're small. How to, how to behave, how to love people, how to be respectful to everybody, and how to love their self. If you give a child confidence, as a child, when they get older, they don't have to go searching for someone to tell them that they love them because they've heard, they've heard it before. They felt it before from their parents. So you're not telling me nothing new, <laughs> you know? hey, if you, if you drink this, you'll be my buddy. Okay, no. I, I have a friend in, in my family and in God. You know, you have to teach them the word early because the truth of the matter is God gives them to us as a gift so that whatever they do in life is to give him the glory. It ain't for us, you know. So when he was little, he would be reading. He would, if he would get in trouble in school, I I was coming right there. <laughs> I, hey, I was there. Ooh. And I remember one time when um he was in uh elementary and I got a call that said, you know, D'Angelo is is acting, he's talking a lot. I didn't go that time because I asked the teacher. I said, well, what is he talking about? Well, he's talking. Is he talking during class? No. Okay. Is he talking uh, while you're talking? No. Then what what is he talking about? He's talking going down the hall to his sister. No, I'm not coming for that. Because if you see your sister walking down the hall, of course you're gonna to speak to her. I hope so. Yeah. My my both of my children, Anaya and D'Angelo, they're open. They're open kids, they're not shy. You know, they have their own mind. And that's what I love about them. They they can't be, you know, intimidated. And that's because when they were little, we allowed them to learn. And we taught them the right way. So if they would grow up and do wrong, it wasn't because they didn't know. It was because that's a choice they made. And I just, you know, thank God that they haven't made that choice. And they love themselves. So if you love yourself, it's some things you're just not gonna do. If you love yourself. And if you love God, there's some things you're not gonna do because. We always taught them, although we're not looking, there's always a third party that see and hear everything you say. Nobody's perfect, but when you mess up, you acknowledge it, address it, and try not to make the same mistake again. Learn from it. Whatever it is, learn from it. Even now, there's something they can learn from this adversity, from this tragedy, there's something they can learn from it. So get the lesson out of it.
1: Talk to me about two words. Uh, first is purpose, and second is passion. Talk to me about those two words for, for, for you, your life.
0: Uh, my purpose is to glorify God in whatever I do. My purpose is to love others how he loves me in whatever I do. My purpose at the time was to be a good wife and a nurturer to my children and to be a support for my husband. And, and up to now, I've done that. So my purpose now, I'm still finding out.
1: How important is it to have purpose?
0: For anyone. How important is it? Very.
1: Talk to me about that.
0: It's it's very important to have purpose in your life. Because if you have purpose, you'll wake up in the morning and know there's something you have to do with purpose. And that's very important because you can see the difference in people. For example, you have some people that just want to wake up go to work, go to sleep. That's that's just existing. That's not living. Agree. But once you have purpose, everything you do in in this life, you're going to give it your all. I don't care if you're a janitor, You're going to your purpose is to keep that building clean so there are no diseases coming out so that people aren't getting sick when they walk into a cafeteria or a restroom. Your purpose is to clean. And I'm a firm believer that God gives everybody a gift. Everybody, whatever it is, yours is not like mine. You may have the gift to pick up trash. Everything, I mean, that's clean all around you. That's a gift. Mine may be to sing and give people joy, uplifting people. And that, and you can do that with just a kind word. That's a gift. And not only that, that's a free gift. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to pay for it. You know, but passion is something you just you love to do, even if it was you didn't get paid a dime to do it. That's your passion. Even if you get hurt while you're doing it, you love it. You don't feel the pain. That's a passion when you can just do it. It is not work.
1: If there's a meter of one to a hundred on passion, where where are you?
0: Uh one to a hundred on passion. Uh, I'd say I'm about at a. Right now in my life I'm probably halfway at a 50. And that's because I'm still trying to uh understand what can I do with my passion. And and this podcast is a good first step. So like I said, we all have a journey. And I have been um Asking God to show me how I can help people, a a mass majority of people, through what I have to share. And it's just a coincidence that um, D'Angelo was talking and he said that, you know, uh, Mom, Mr. Morton, he does a podcast. I had never even heard of a podcast. (laughs) He said he does a podcast, maybe. You know, you could get into that and maybe you can speak through that because God, he he's called me to do more. And I've known that for years and I've just been, you know, doing other things. I, oh, I don't want to do that right now. I don't want to do this. Let me do this. and I come back to it. So basically I'm coming back to it. You know, I have a, a voice and. The voice can carry and help people get through. Help people find their way. And I think that's a gift. And to me, that's a passion. That can either be a purpose and a passion together. So at this point, I'm at a 50 because I've connected with you. And then I come out the shell and was able to actually speak on, (laughs) you know, what's going on with me and and my story. understand. And now I'm actually doing an interview. So I've stepped out. You can't win if you're not in the game. You know, so I can sit back and say, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. But if you're not in it, how are you going to win it?
1: I think I see a new podcast coming, and I think it's going to be incredible. And I wish you all the success. Um, you certainly have purpose. You certainly have the passion. Um, but what you have, um, what you have, that a lot don't, is the reality. Yeah. You've you've lived it. I've lived it, and you've probably lived it better than most people could for certain. And I think that is a calling to share that gift purpose with a passion.
0: I agree. I agree. Let me talk to
1: you about uh, some passion that I saw. Uh, I helped the local high school football team, which your son's a a team member. And it was at halftime. uh, The team was down. And uh, he was in the end zone. And he just looked to the sky. and, And he let out a scream that. I think nobody could replicate and everyone just knew to just, just stand back. Where does that come from? Where, where does that passion come from? Are you born with that? Is it because of the situation? Is it both? Where
0: where does that come from? You just, it's not something you're taught. You just got to have it. You know, it's not something someone can teach you to have. It's got to be in you. And it's in him. Passion is in him. And it's always been there. And I believe that because of what he's going through, it just elevated another level. And that's that's just the truth. So if you see him going <laughs> to an a, a screen that you've never heard, yeah, step back. Cause he is so passionate about football. And not just because, you know, with the he wants to play the next level, but he loves the game. And I remember this last Friday, I asked him the question. I said, why are you playing both ways?
1: Meaning offense and defense.
0: Offense and defense. Why are you starting both ways? Why are you doing that to yourself? I said, you know you don't have to do that. He said, Ma, I love the game. And it bothers him when other people don't have that passion. But I told him, Tan, you have to understand that everybody – is not as passionate about football as you are. He said, I love the game. And his dad told him, always play like you playing in Pop Warner. If you stop playing like you playing in Pop Warner, that's time to hang it up. If you're not having fun, if you're not loving the game, what's the purpose? So he loves the game. He doesn't like to lose, but he loves the game of football, and that's because he loves his brothers. He loves that um, the connect to having people on the field who's got your back because he's got their backs, and he's going to lift them up when they're down, but he has to understand that everybody's not there. And that's okay. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with everybody not being there. Do what you can do. And then you'll feel good because you did your best. That's all you can do.
1: You know, another great story is the following. Well, two days later on a Sunday afternoon, this was told to me by an assistant coach that he's at the, that the coach is at the field house watching some film. And uh, your son shows up and he just, Talking to him about the game, and basically D'Angelo says, um, "You know, I just like to see when the quarterback makes a good throw. I like to see a receiver right. make a catch. I like to see um, a kick return or make a good run." And that was that was surprising because sometimes you don't always see that at this age. Sometimes right. it's more of an individual. Right. And and his final comment was. I want us all to do well because we just want to win.
0: Exactly. Just want to win.
1: He loves it. I think that's a great compliment to his maturity at a really young age, to be honest.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We we know he's a man. Right, right.
1: And we know he's mature, but that's exceptional.
0: It is. Yeah. It is. It's just, um, like you said, you don't see it often in that age. You You just don't. My daughter, she's the same way though. She's <laughs> just like it. she is a firecracker. Yep. She hates to lose. <laughs> she hates to lose. You know, but they're just passionate about what they love to do. You just gotta have it. <laughs> he was he was physically tired. That he was a hard worker. He loved his family. He provided. For his family, he did everything he could to keep us afloat and that everyone could have what they needed and some of what they wanted. He was a hard worker. He wasn't rich, but he was rich in love. He was rich in caring. He was rich in how he just took care of us. And then, all of a sudden, that was gone.
1: I know your um, I know your faith. Does that at that moment does that come in instantly? Does it take a little while? Where where does faith play in this?
0: Well, I can tell you it didn't come instantly because I was angry at God, and knowing my relationship with God. He knew I was angry with him. He knew I was angry, and then I heard him say, "Hey, that that's my child. I love him. I love him too. I love him more than you love him. So you can be angry, but then you got to move on because I love him more. I didn't do this to hurt you and your family." I didn't take him to leave you by yourself. He said he was going to be what we needed. Now, now I have to trust him. You know, before I could, oh, Darrell, you know, I need this or I knew he was going to take care of whatever. Now I have to surely rely on God. Daryl relied on God. He would tell me often, God is our source. We don't put our trust in man. We put our trust in God. And he would often uh, reassure us with that. But now God has taken him.
1: (laughs) Have you ever thought about what it would be like without faith?
0: I don't know how anyone can live without it. Without faith or my relationship with the Lord, I probably would have been an alcoholic right now. I understand that. <laughs> I probably would have gone out and tried to get something to take me, take my mind out of where I was because I didn't want to be there. I understand. But because of faith, I understood and I trusted God's plan. And I know that he don't make a mistake. I may not like it, but I trust that he don't make a mistake.
1: So I thank you again for joining us on the Donkey Tales Podcast. Today you've heard Cindy Young, which was an incredible interview. And most likely you'll hear Cindy again. I have a feeling that she will use podcasting as a way to share her passion and purpose. One of the things that Cindy told me off the off the air was we all have to choose to wallow or choose to walk. And she and her family has simply chosen to walk. What great advice for all of us. So I say... Take that advice, choose to walk, choose to have purpose, choose to have passion. Find a way to share it with others. One other thing I'll remind you is if you have those in your life who are full of purpose and passion, have a way of life that you see or enjoy, and they're willing to share, ask them to contact us at info at donkeytails.com. That's donkeytails, T-E-L-L-S, info at donkeytails.com.
0: Thank you again for joining us. Please subscribe to Donkey Tales at donkeytales.com. That's donkeytales, T-E-L-L-S dot com. Or search your normal outlets, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Or by email at info at